This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtBase. Are you managing a major art collection but still using something like Excel? Isn't it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, ArtBase is the right software to manage your art collection. ArtBase allows you to track your artworks in an easy-to-use, powerful database. Enter your data once, and then you can use that data to generate professional insurance value reports, loan forms, shipping forms, and so much more. They've got a brand new version coming out this month with a fresh new look. So go to artbase.com to learn more or to schedule a demo, and be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount off the entry fee. That's artbase.com, A-R-T-B-A-S-E.com. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. With the coronavirus impacting so many people around the world, we wanted to check in with someone in China to speak with us about the coronavirus there, and in particular, how it's impacting the Chinese art scene. And so in this week's episode, we're joined by Lisa Movius. She's a Shanghai-based journalist who's the Asia correspondent for the art newspaper, and Lisa's kind enough to join us to talk about the coronavirus and how it's impacted things in China and what the mood is like of people there, and specifically how it's impacted the art scene there and the art market and people's willingness to spend and what's going on at art fairs and museums and exhibitions. So we touch on all these important topics, and I think it's just really important to have that conversation with someone like Lisa who's seen the virus unfold in her neighborhoods, in her country, and really to hear her personal experiences um, and how it's impacted her life and other lives. This is a very insightful conversation. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Lisa, thanks so much for speaking with us. My pleasure. It's nice to be here. So many people around the world are reading and talking about the coronavirus. And given its origin in China, and you're in Shanghai, much closer to everything, we especially appreciate you coming on, and we appreciate having the opportunity to speak with you, so thank you. Before we get into the arts-related component of this episode, if you can first just tell us how are things right now in China with the virus it seems to be contained to a certain extent. How are things there at the moment? Well, here in Shanghai, we've been essentially in lockdown since the um, end of January when things first started. Um, everyone started being more aware of what was going on. Obviously, Wuhan is still under quarantine, and that city is quite devastated with you know the virus being so widely spread. But the rest of the country has been more preventative measures. So here in Shanghai, we've only had like. 300, less than 340 cases. Today was the first new case reported in a week. Um, So it's still partly locked down, but things are starting to reopen. Grocery stores have been open all along, but now more restaurants are open. People are on the street, albeit still mostly in masks. Um, Schools are going to be shut indefinitely. Um, And like schools are trying to move things online, but that's of course challenging. And it's kind of a parallel for the art world because, you know, it's a model that it's a business where things don't necessarily operate too well digitally. You need people to gather. 
Um, so after after five weeks of social distancing, it seems like they prevented clusters in most cities at this point. Um, there's still restrictions on movements that vary not just city to city, but also um, building to building, compound to compound. It's very much been given local enforcement. So, you know, where I live, there's no restrictions except registering visitors and registering any travel. Um, but down the street, there are places where people can only leave once a day and can't have any visitors. It's really quite, um, it's really quite inconsistent. And that's also the truth for truth for galleries. Some of them are allowed to go back to the office and some are not. Wow. It's, it's really kind of shocking to hear about some of the restrictions you've mentioned, just because I'm here in New York, for example, and we're really just in the beginning phases of the virus, and hopefully it can be contained, but maybe we'll end up in a similar restrictive environment. What's the mood of the people there around you, and how have these restrictions, whether they've been imposed or even people's own unwillingness to leave their homes, impacted behavior both socially and also economically? Oh, the economic impact is huge, and already quite a few bars and restaurants have announced that they're closing permanently um, because of this hit. Um, people are still nervous here, and there's still quite a lot of fear because it could easily start spreading again as long as if people aren't careful. But there's also what I'd call fear fatigue. People are tired of being quite so careful and being quite so shut in. I mean, I know people who have maybe left their house once a week since this started, and I'm sure especially those with small children are um, going a little bit stir-crazy. Um, but I think people are also cautiously hopeful that things have been stemmed for the time being and um, you know, hopeful that we'll be able to start going back to normal in a week or two. Uh, we're getting messages from the government that we still need to be constantly vigilant and that things could restart at any time if, we're not, if we don't continue to be careful. Um, We've seen, you know, after five weeks of the social distancing with um, people being told, told not to go out, told not to meet, you know, you feel like you're a real rebel if you just go out for dinner. Um, wow. So you've seen a lot of online shopping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some bars are open secretly and you have to, like, you know, knock on the door and wait a few minutes before they'll let you in and you're not allowed to talk loud. That's remarkable. Yeah. People are stocking up on masks and hand sanitizers here and not really sure what exactly we're dealing with, but just trying to prepare for the worst, I suppose. In New York, we have a full week of art fairs, including the Armory and the Independent, and we also have the mid-season auctions at Christie's, Sotheby's, Phillips. I was actually speaking with a collector at an opening a few nights ago, and they were looking at masks on their phone. They were on Amazon, and the prices were ridiculously exorbitant at this point, and they were looking to potentially buy some. We were talking about the Armory, and I said, would you wear a mask to the Armory? Because it's a big crowd of people and a lot of galleries, for example, have traveled to New York from different places. But right now, there really aren't that many people wearing masks in the streets. It's still very rare to see. They thought about it for a second and said, no, I really wouldn't. Everyone would look at me strangely. But I may not end up going to the fair because I don't want to be around that large cluster of people. So we're very far behind in terms of the potential impact of the virus, but there is this looming concern and it's on everyone's minds, and it's the main topic of conversation, it seems, during calls or coffees or gallery openings. So it's just very interesting to hear about the mood in China, since it's so different and the issues here in New York, they seem so much more minor in comparison, at least for now. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it will be interesting to see if U.S. does any kind of these massive lockdowns preventative lockdowns like China has done. Um, it's, 
you know, we've seen people going on their WeChat moments, which is the main social media, and all of us have become really good cooks. And there have been so many pictures of people's, you know, fancy restaurant, uh, fancy recipes, and pictures of everyone's cats. And I wonder, you know, it feels like everyone in the country has become much more introspective and philosophical, at least for the moment. I mean, after this, it's hard to say will we go back to normal with the frantic pace and maybe double frantic to make up for lost time or is it a new normal where we get used to having these kind of lockdowns the possibility because it might be a few years actually before the virus is contained it almost feels unimportant to talk about the art scene and art market in china considering how many people have been infected and how some have died from the coronavirus but i do want to ask you about the current state of the art world in china Of course, Art Basel Hong Kong was canceled, and I know a lot of the gallery exhibitions that were planned during that time were also canceled or at least postponed. I was actually on a studio visit with a New York-based artist a little while ago, and they were supposed to have a show in Hong Kong that coincided with the fair, and the paintings were still in their studio, and they're just sort of waiting to see when it will be rescheduled or if it will perhaps be moved to a different location. I know a few artists are currently in that position. How active is the art scene in China at the moment? Is there really anything going on? So within mainland China, there is nothing happening. Everything is shut down. Uh, I don't know of a single, single gallery or museum that has reopened to the public. I know several galleries, they're allowed to go into the office and start to work, but there are and a few that are taking uh, clients to visit just on a appointment-only basis. Um, but by and large, most of them aren't even able to do that because of the um, visitor restrictions in many places. Um, so everyone is just waiting for the go-ahead and hoping that we'll be able to get back to things come April. Um, obviously, March is the second biggest month for the mainland art scene because we plan around our Basel Hong Kong the weekends before and after. Uh, so all of those things have just been, been pushed off indefinitely. I wouldn't be surprised if we see quite a lot of these things happening in the summer, which is normally a lull period. Um, but that depends on the virus turning out to be seasonal. And that's also a big unknown at this point. In Hong Kong, though, at least half of the galleries are still open, um, especially the ones down in the South Island area and more of the local galleries. Um, they've been planning some um, sort of replacement um, events for Art Basel Hong Kong. So at the end of March, they're going to do an outdoor sculpture show. And then in April and May, they have various exhibitions and uh, group activities um, in the works. Um, all the museums, though, in Hong Kong are closed, indefinitely. You mentioned the significant impact of the virus from an economic perspective. And so when we think about the global art market, China is a very large part of that. And in New York, we have these mid-season auctions this week, as well as the Armory, Independent, and a few other satellite fairs. Whether we're talking about bidders in auctions and or buyers from galleries, they're often coming from Chinese collectors. And so now when I speak with collectors and dealers, they're wondering if Chinese collectors will be absent from the market in the short term due to both the economic impact they may have already suffered and also just the uncertainty around when things will get better. And if many of them are not participating, how much will that negatively impact the art market? Are you hearing anything in terms of the mindset of Chinese collectors? Are they still active in the market or are they sitting things out for the time being? Do you have any sense of that? 
Well, I would say that most Chinese art collectors are not even in China right now because all of this happened during Chinese New Year when people were away on vacation. So a lot of people who were on vacation at the end of January just ended up extending their vacations wherever they were, be it the U.S., be it Australia, be it Thailand. And so they're just waiting things out from whatever comfortable perch they were on for holiday anyways. Um, I think the main impediment for the um, auctions next week for New York is going to be that um, mainland Chinese can't go into the U.S. right now. Even if you're a U.S. national, you're supposed to have a quarantine, but it's almost impossible for Chinese nationals to travel directly to the U.S. Um, without special permission. So people are probably not going to be showing up in person unless they were already in the country when um, before the travel ban started. Um, but of course, people can still buy remotely. Uh, Obviously, the economic hit is going to take a long time to actually show up. So, you know, people's what people have in their wallet right now is not going to change. But in you know, three months or six months or two years down the line, obviously, the uh, shutdown of most of the country's economy is going to um, be bruising businesses for a long time to come. And you add on top of that that the economy here was already um, due for a correction and having problems with the tra ongoing trade war. So um, COVID and the shutdown definitely brings a double whammy for the overall business environment. And so I think in places that have been less impacted by the virus, people right now are taking it week by week or even day by day to monitor the extent to which the virus will spread. Is there a sense as to how things may play out in China over the next few months? I mean, within China, people are pretty hopeful that the the first wave, at least, is tamped down. Although, again, it could there could be a second or third wave coming through, and that could also happen at this point anywhere in the world. So, I think people in New York being worried about the next few weeks. Um, the next few weeks are easy. The worst that's going to happen is you're going to have to work from home for a month or two. Um, it's more the longer term of the next, you know, three months, six months couple of years, what might happen. I mean, obviously, the worst thing is the death, the sickness and the death, and especially the toll in places like Wuhan that are hard hit. But the second worst thing we're facing is the uncertainty that this could be, you know, unlikely that I'll just be over in a month. It's just a question of how, how bad and where and um, for how long. And it really is impossible to know how things will play out and thus how to plan. Um, you see, especially these draconian measures in terms of mass bans on people from various countries, even if they're from a city that's not at all affected. So, you know, for example, there's, it makes no sense to put a travel ban on someone from Shanghai, coming from Shanghai or from Hong Kong, whereas it does to restrict people coming from Wuhan, where there is, you know, a massive cluster. Um, but because they've just taken these blanket measures, it makes it really hard for people to go about um, business as usual, especially in an industry as travel dependent as the art world. So, you know, Assuming things that turn out, it turns out to be seasonal, like the cold and the flu, then, you know, we can cram a lot of things into the summer and then prepare for another winter lockdown at the end of this year. Um, the autumn schedule is proceeding apace. So, you know, Art 021 in Shanghai just opened for applications and everyone's planning for that season to, be, to happen as normal. However, if it does turn out to be truly seasonal, then we're going to have to worry about whether the autumn events can go forward as well if people start getting sick again. And October and November. Right now, what everyone is talking about from dealers to museums is how to how you can interact digitally when you can't interact in person. So people are doing live streaming of concerts, 
um, live tours, like digital tours of shows, doing live streamings and downloads of talks to their artists. But I feel that these are still pretty much, you know, reinventing the wheel at this point. And, you know, there's a lot of thought and a lot of discussion of what can be done, um, done within that space. But of course, it's challenging and we have to go beyond the predictable ideas and find some new ways to, to interact and um, develop the business. But I think all of us, and not just China and Asia, need to prepare ourselves for indefinite uncertainty. You know, I think the people who come out on the other end of this um, in terms of businesses and the art world are the ones who are more adaptable and more flexible. Lisa, we really appreciate you coming onto the podcast and sharing your incredible perspective on the virus and the major extent to which it's having on the art scene there in China. We hope you stay safe there, and we hope the art scene begins to open up shortly. And you also wrote a great article on this topic in the art newspaper. We recommend our listeners read it if they haven't already. And where can we follow you on Twitter to get more of your updates on the Chinese art scene? I'm at Lisa Movius, uh, L-I-S-A-M-O-V-I-U-S on Twitter. Great. Thanks so much again, Lisa. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. Stay safe and stay calm. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for ArtBase for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. Are you managing a major art collection, but still using Excel? Isn't it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, ArtBase is the right software to help you out and manage your art collection. ArtBase allows you to track your artworks in an easy-to-use but powerful database. You enter your data once, then you use that data to generate professional insurance value reports, loan forms, shipping forms, and so much more. They have a brand new version coming out this month with a fresh new look, So now is the perfect time to visit ArtBase.com to learn more and to schedule a demo. And be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount off the entry fee. You can visit ArtBase.com, that's A-R-T-B-A-S-E.com.